the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This week, Dave leads a study on Psalm 73. Psalm 73, a psalm of Asaph. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I'd nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak malice. With arrogance they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore their people turn to them and drink up waters with abundance. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care they go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I've kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I've been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterwards you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you? My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you, but as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Amen. Now, first question, I don't know if anyone did this. Did anyone find out who wrote it? If you've got a book, it, 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 if you've got some of your Bible, it's right on the top there, eh? so... Moses, yeah. Oh, well, 91 was Moses, yeah. Asaph. Now, who was Asaph, you say to yourself? Who was he? Good question. Uh, because um, he was... Um, uh, a, a choir master uh, uh, for David. David set up a choir for praise and worship, and he was he was the choir master. Uh, the Bible calls him a great singer, but he's also a seer. What do you mean by that, Dave? He was a prophet. So um, so that's his thing. But then we read about the sons of Asaph. So we see a lineage, godly lineage, but also it could they say it could be like a class of people that were were gifted in playing, in singing, in prophesying. And of course, when they played, it wasn't just playing an instrument. 
They played it unto the Lord, and they, they, and they prophesied with the music as well. Bless the Lord, because the hand of the Lord was upon them. And uh, so Asaph, and uh, you may have seen there, there's book three. Well, of course, as we said before, the Psalms, we have a complete uh, 150 Psalms, don't we? But the Psalms is actually built, made up of five different hymn books. One, two, three, four, five. And this is the beginning of the third book. Third book. And uh, one of the things that I like about the Psalms, and this is, I think, and you young lads especially, this is such a key Psalm um, for, for those who are looking away, looking back. Great, thankfully, the psalmists are honest, aren't they? Um, sometimes we read the Psalms and they, they're calling for revenge and they're calling, they, they're having to go at God. See, that, that's, what, see, that's why we love the Psalms because we get into them and it, it's, it's as I, I don't know if it was Luther or one of them said, uh, it's got my name written on most of these Psalms, how they felt they came to God. Now, okay, so there, there's where, so honestly, let's read that verse because this is what, uh, and we'll come to this, see what, what, uh, what we come up with now. Psalm 51 verse 6. A key verse. This is David. Remember, he's, he's confessing before the people his sin. This is what he says about honesty, truthfulness. Yet you desire faithfulness, you were in the womb. You told me wisdom in that secret place. You desire truth in the inmost parts. You desire steadfulness, just openness, transparency. God, that, the Lord delights in that, you see. Now, that's why when we read this, we think, oh, dear, he shouldn't have written this down, should he? Thankfully, he was looking, he was, he was giving a testimony of his past. He said, as we read, is in the past tense, and this is how we go. Right, the first thing uh, I, I said, what was his complaint? Really? See, this, one, this is one question that has hounded people, and we've got to be careful. Now, it's good to get some good answers, isn't it? But as the psalmist will tell us, if you dwell on it, it will, it will wear you out. Suffering. Why do good things happen to bad people? And why do bad things happen to good people? Although, let me just throw this in, there's no such thing as a good person. Oh, we don't like saying that. But you, you know what I mean. Someone who's lived their life for the Lord and then tragedy is hit or illness is hit. And we, we, we don't understand that. And when we look around, we see people who've not lived for God and everything seems, that's what the psalmist said, everything seems to go well. Now, of course, his complaint was that. But remember, remember, right at the beginning, he says, now, this, this, this problem nearly tripped me up. Verse 2, look at verse 2. But my feet almost went. My steps almost slipped from under me. And uh, suffering, and in one sense, we, we can give some good answers, but there's never a definitive answer this side of eternity, is there? No, of course there's not. Now, we can say that we're in a fallen world, absolutely true, that um, sometimes we bring things on ourselves, absolutely true. Um, we, but some people get healed, bless the Lord. Some are not. Perhaps that, maybe that's something to do with us sometimes, there's no doubt. But some just don't get healed. And we, there's something, there's great questions. And this, this problem gathered in his mind, unworldliness. You see, what happens is comparisons always lead to covetousness. When we compare ourselves, when we look around at those people and think, as, as the psalmist just said, 
Lord, they're doing so well. They've not lived for you. They are prosperous. They are proud. Yet, my complaint is, I've gone through this and, and I'm just comparing myself. Never compare yourself. It always leaves a covetousness. That 10th commandment, don't covet your neighbor's, was it, ox, land, wife, goodness, what they're doing, what's happened, their focus has taken. And of course, what he's done, what he's done, the psalmist, focus to drop and his feelings to begin to dictate to him. Remember, we looked at, we're freedom in Christ. Our, free, our feelings, what are they to do? We don't deny them. Neither we do, do we let our lives be dictated by them. But we deal with them. See, this was a real issue for the psalmist, and he wrestled with it. Thankfully, eventually got to the right conclusion. But um, his focus dropped from uh, what he could see um, to, uh, from, from the Lord, I say, to what he could see. Let's read a couple of verses because, you see, that's what the devil wants us to do. He loves us to get diverted, even distracted by not bad questions. No, no, no. But again, remember, he loves to lead us down a dead end, doesn't he? Dead end. Because ultimately, Jesus wants us to live for him and shine for him. And if, we, if he can get us distracted by some difficult, as what does Timothy say, old wives' tales sometimes and, and, and you know, myths and all that. We love that kind of thing, some people. And they love going in, into the depths of someone. I was talking to somebody the other day, or a few, well, more the other day. And they were on about the, talking about the Nephilim and all that, the giants. And that's really interesting. But we've got to be careful. See, that's something we really, you know, it, it's, it, in one sense, it's a mystery. We have a glimpse of what the Lord's trying to say. We can easily get distracted by those things. It's not, it's, not, it's not important, is it? Important is to know the Lord, to get caught up with him. So there's his complaint. His feet is nearly full. He, he was nearly stopped. And this, and for those at home and for, for us here, um, some of us have been in church all our lives, and we've seen people start with the Lord and walk away and fall away. Thankfully, this psalm gives us, warns us, and gives us the cure, as we look at a minute, to not go down that journey. The journey starts, how does it? By taking our focus off the Lord and looking at those around. Comparison. And, uh, of course, the devil will always whisper in our ears. And let's read a couple of verses. Um, 1 John 2. 1 John 2. Um, See, the Lord knows how tempting this world is. And you see, the psalmist has been really honest with us, isn't he? He nearly fell, he nearly slipped. And of course, he tells us why, because he's got his eyes off the Lord. But he also tells us, he's been honest. He, he envies those people. He's jealous of those around. And you know, as soon as we take our eyes off the Lord and we look at someone else, we may look at their car they drive, we may look at their, their children or their better kids and they behave better than mine, or look at their wife, or look, you're easily distracted. And of course, some people, they, they make a, a millions out of those magazines, don't they? what they call hello and all that, looking at those people who are, you know, who, who are millionaires and, and people are looking at that and they, 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 they get absorbed in that, they become envious in that. Little do we know what goes on behind closed doors, of course. 
Um, and that's, that's where the psalmist didn't get, get caught up. So the world easily distracts us. So much so, listen to these verses. Uh, 2 Timothy 4 verse 10. For Demas, because he left this world, has deserted me and has gone to... That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Demas, if you look in, the other, in Colossians and in Philemon, you will find Demas a fellow worker with, with Paul. So don't ever say, oh, it, it, it can never happen to me. The, what, what does the Bible say? 1, 1 Corinthians 10 said, these things are written for your example, for your example. In fact, these things are written so they be imprinted on your memory. The Jews, they came out. God had delivered them. Yet, those we, there's five things you can count there uh, that stopped them going into the promised land. Um, and, and he said, be careful. When you think you're standing lest you fall. That's why it's always good to, to get into God's word, to pre-warn us, to keep us, uh, because the world is the envy and the, the things of the world. Genesis 3, there's our beginning, there's the foundation. That's how the Lord, uh, that's how the devil tripped up, got Adam and Eve to sin, and the whole thing is as we know. So, having loved this present world, our eyes, the, the world is, 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 is appealing. But of course, lovely, thankfully, the word says, this world and its desires are passing away. But he's in the middle of this before he gets there and he, he's getting weighed down and he's, he's elevating um, their conditions, their conduct, their, their speech, their motive. They're becoming proud because uh, they even say, what do they say there? It says, um, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? Psalm 2, why do the nations roar and the people plot in vain? They said, we will cast off the Lord. The Bible says the Lord looks down and he laughs. And you think, how, how silly we are. Puny human beings. Yet we think we can do without God. Um, and then, of course, that, that is, a, is, a, is a steep step, isn't it? Or a gradual step to a steep uh, precipice. E Ezekiel 16. Now this was a sign of your sister Sodom. She and the daughters were arrogant, overfed and unconcerned. They did not have the poor and needy. They were haughty and they detestable things before me. Therefore I did away with them as you see. See, the psalmist had, um, again, when we uh, allow our focus and our feelings to, to uh, dominate, what happens is, as we talked on Sunday, we forget. And uh, he'd forgotten Sodom and Gomorrah. What does the Bible say? They're, they're, that was the end of the result of them being haughty, proud, overfed, taking it easy, not looking and helping other people until they ended up doing their own thing. Because pride takes, takes God out of the picture, and we become our own God, of course. And this was where the psalmist was, and he, he, he was um, elevating <laughs> uh, the, the, the wicked. So much so, this is the, um, uh, the, what we said, the lies of the enemy. This is what he thought. He was envious of the world and the wicked. He was envious of his lack of prosperity, but their abundance of prosperity. He belittled God's blessing 
and God's call on his life, and he re- ultimately he was rebelling against um, his lot in life. And can I say, we will all get to that point sometimes where we, we, we mourn our lot in life. We forget the blessings of God. We forget the call of God in our life. And then he said in verse 14, here he goes. He's going, surely I have kept my heart pure in vain. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All day long I've been played. I've been punished, chastened every morning. See, what, what the devil does, he, he belittles God's blessings and he overemphasizes those difficulties we have in life. And uh, we can see that again right back at the beginning. Um, he exaggerated, remember the devil exaggerated the restrictions, didn't he? It was only one thing they had to do, it was not eat of that tree. Yet he said, oh, look at that. He, he, he emphasized what they couldn't have, what they didn't have. He didn't talk about that, that the whole garden was theirs. And we forget, even if we're going through difficulties and chastening, Remember who our Father is. That everything we go through, every difficulty we have, God has got a purpose and a plan and, and he, he's working it out in our life and we, we might not like it and the devil will whisper, of course. He says, look, you, you, you've, you've kept yourself pure for the Lord in vain. How many, have, how many have fell for that lie? I've destroyed their lives. Destroyed their purity. Destroyed relationships. Go on, go on, go on. Why? Because they've listened to the light. They've turned, took their eyes off, off the Lord. They've allowed feelings to drive them. Thankfully, the Bible um, gives us all those things. Um, tells us. But I, one thing we do like about the psalmist here in verse 15. He didn't go and blab to those around him. He was very careful that his complaint, it is difficulty, and the causes of his complaint went to the Lord. Now that's, see, that's what the Lord loves that. And he doesn't care, and, and sometimes we, we read the Psalms and we, we, uh, we think, well, that's, a, that's pretty inappropriate for the psalmist to say that. Don't worry about it. God isn't worried about that. Because we have come into him. And he could have brought all the complaints about this, this, and this. But he, he comes to the Lord. Now, and also says, as, verse 16, as I pondered, as I tried to understand this, all this was oppressive to me. It was wearing me down. See, the devil wants to wear us down so we will give up. He, he, he delights in nothing. You see, if he can't make a sin... And so, as we said, those grave sins, he knows, he's probably got no chance of those. But if he can get us to give up or to become weary and, and, and we, look, we take our eyes off the Lord, we allow feelings to, to exa- be exaggerated, we forget what the Lord has done and, and the, the psalmist said, I'm, I'm going to give up. And again, we've been in church long enough to see people give up because of this, that and the other myriads of reasons maybe the word hasn't gone in deep enough sometimes the, the sower says but um that's where he is he's, he's, he's this is complaint and the cause of his complaint is very clear his folk he's, he's relied on his focus his feelings and he's forgotten what the lord has done anyone on online josh saying anything so any any other complaints he had anyone else see anything there before we get on the under the cure bless the lord yeah, he, um, he talks about um, people basically dis- dis- disregarding what God says. Yes. 
uh, and sort of uh, effectively saying, well, if you talk, listen to God, you really listen to God. And that's what he, is, he was annoyed with. They were prospering, they were being blessed, and they were even denying God. And he couldn't see any, any the Lord moving or, or judging them. As Remember James and I was reading it today, and uh, um, Samaria, wasn't it? They were going past Samaria, and they were going to Jerusalem. And they said, we don't want you in here because you're going to Jerusalem. And James and John said... Lord, you want us to call down fire on these people? Let's burn them up. <laughs> uh, thankfully, God's mercy is, is to the end of our days, isn't it? Even that, that rogue of a thief, of a well, probably a murderer, but certainly a, a no good, had mercy to the end of his days. So remember, God's not like us. We would judge, we would give few people a shaken, wouldn't we? <laughs> but God's not like that. He's merciful. And sometimes we think, well, God, surely. Now remember, God does move people out the way. God does. Hey, there's no doubt. We've prayed for people in government and we say, Lord, that person needs to be moved out the way. And we've seen that over the years. Um, but you know, it's mercy. And sometimes our, our, our sight is not like his. Now, Thankfully, he's, he's at the end of his tether. But you, you, what, you, what does he do? He's going to change his focus. Roman, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. That, 1 to 3. Looking into Jesus, the orphan finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. While considering him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, these two become weary and discouraged in your sins. Now he's changing his location. Changing his location will now change how he sees. He's going to get to the house of God. He's going to get to the church. And that's going to bring him clarity of thought. See, the devil, for us here and for you at home, the devil would have no great joy than keeping people away from the house of God. The Bible says, Proverbs says, a backslider in heart is filled with his own ways. A person who um, separates, divides, or uh, cuts himself off, just are full, or just wants to be full of his own ways, wants to go his own way, wants to be, do his own desires. They, um, they're obstinate to wise, sound judgment. So he's changing. The cure, thankfully, there's, there's the complaint, there's the cause, he's, he's looked away, he's, his focus is altered, his footing, his footing is he's slipping, but now he's changing. Bless the Lord. That's why the Bible says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Seeing, we're surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses. We've seen those gone before us who've lived and uh, kept the faith. Bless the Lord. Now you look to Jesus. Not just looking vaguely, but get your brain. Consider, consider him. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 to 18. Our light and mental troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far away from 
So we fix our eyes on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The, the, Paul is saying, now get your eyes on that which is unseen. And he said, look, even, and, and, and Paul can say this because he's, he's had difficulties. He said, look, he said, even your momentary, this, he says, your light problems. Oh, Dave, you don't know what my difficulties. Well, uh, this is Paul talking and he had a little bit more difficulties than me and you, didn't he? He said, they're just light momentary difficulties are far outweighed by the glory that is coming in heaven. We are changing our focus. And how do we do that? If we stay away from the people of God, what happens is the devil has a field day. He'll pick us off. But when we come together, oh, you may come in with the difficulties and with the weight of the world on you, but thankfully as we begin to worship, as someone begins to pray here, someone gives a reading there, someone gives a prophetic word, oh, we need the gifts of the Spirit again. I talked to someone yesterday about the lack of those, the gifts of the Spirit. You know, you go out thinking, ah, the devil's had me, the, the little liar. And uh, we, we have, our focus has changed. There's clarity. Verse 17, he says, Then, until he made a choice to change his location, until I went to the house of God. Then I had clear thinking. He said, Then I understood their final destiny. Let's read another verse about keeping our eyes on the Lord and eyes on things that are eternal. Colossians 3, 1 to 5. Five, I think I got there. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things of earth. Your Christ is seated in the right hand of God. Set your minds on things of earth, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is not given with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, yes. Then you also will appear with any glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires in you, which is a problem. Set your eyes on the Lord. Set your affection on things above. You see, every, lots of the world is vying for our affection. Things, people, um, uh, what, we can, what people think about us. All those things are vying for our attention. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. Get your eyes on me. All you need is found in me. All you are is found in me. Your, your worth, what you can be, what you should be, is found in me. You see, the power, uh, we talked about the power of gathering, the power of uh, connecting, the power of church. Let's read the, the, these verses. Um, Hebrews 10, 22, 25. Let us draw near to God. synagogue he would have drifted away he tells us that he's honest with us he said i envied them 
and I was just at my wit's end. Then I get to the presence of the Lord, to the house of the Lord. And we looked at that, didn't we, at fellowship just a few months ago, about the support, the strength, the sharpening, the, um, uh, the security, the shelter, all oh, that we to serve one another. Get, get all of, put your arm around someone. How are you doing? Spur one another on to love and good deeds. How are you doing with the Lord? How are you, you know, how was your call? How was your service for the Lord? Your eyes are on him. How are you doing? See, that's why it's so vital. Um, he said, when he gets into the house of the Lord, his vision changed, his clarity changed, his eyes, and he, re he realized that we're eternal. It's not for time, is it? It's not for time. And, uh, you know, the, th the wonderful thing, God blesses us in time, isn't he? Let's be honest. We haven't gone through much difficulty in life at all, have we? Uh, come on. We have not been, been I've just talked, reading something, in, in, even it was in the newspaper, a couple in Pakistan, um, they were framed. Someone had gone to their SIM card and sent a text. And they were in jail for eight years on blasphemy charges. And, of course, it isn't a prison like our prison, is it? Free internet. Do you want a degree? Well, if you're working out, you can have a degree. And you've got your three meals a day. And it's not like that in Pakistan. So, my uh, eternal, eternal. He said, I know, I know, I know, Father, forgive me. I, I got my eyes on the temple, but the eternal is judgment. Rich man and Lazarus, we know that, said they both died. They both died. And although Lazarus in life was poor and he was afflicted, um, yet he was in Abraham's bosom, straight into glory. The rich man, oh, we would have thought, oh, we want to be like him. The Bible says, in Hades, in hell, he's in, he's in torment. Why? Because he had the opportunity, but he turned it down. And uh, so he, he, he begins to focus. Thankfully, thankfully, he comes to eternity, defining our time by eternity, defining our time by eternity. We are not temporary people. We are here for eternity in heaven or, of course, hell. And he's, he's beginning to see that. Now, as, he, as he's just getting excited, he does drop back in to the causes again. Um, uh, in verse uh, 21, 22, he tells us um, he's become envious and um, he, he's really upset with why God hasn't done anything and he's become bitter. Ah, now, that is such a um, key. Um, I think let me just read this from Freedom in Christ. We did this not long ago. Listen to this. So, so uh, true. Nothing keeps you in bondage to the past more than an unwillingness to forgive. Nothing gives Satan greater opportunity to stop a church growing than roots of bitterness, the evidence of personal unforgiveness and pride. Oh, you see, now he, he became envious and uh, disappointed, hurt. He could have been wounded. All these things, circumstances, difficulty, issues, relationship uh, uh, gone astray. Left unchecked, they will become a poison to us. And you see, it, it, he, he tells us there, it became a poison to him. So much so it, that he, he was senseless. He was uh, consumed by his bitterness. He became ignorant, became like a dumb animal. You see, if we don't release it, we'd never see anything clearly. We, we, we behave silly. We, we see people differently. We don't see people clearly. We see situations through the colored, colored vision. 
instead of seeing things clearly. Bitterness does that. And uh, that's why he says there, doesn't he? Uh, let's read those verses, Hebrews 12, 11 to 16. Great verses there. Uh, Esau is a great example of this. Looked at, the, looked at the now. Looked at the now and lost the blessing. If we examine, if we give, get caught up in the now, get, let our feelings take effect, we will lose the blessing. But he says that he makes sure, make every effort to live in peace. Relationships, get him right. Be holy. Get yourself sanctified to the Lord. See that no one misses the grace of God. If you miss the grace of God, the bitter root will come up. That's why uh, Simon the sorcerer, we always get confused with that, but the Bible, Peter looked at him, your heart's not right. You don't understand the grace of God and there's bitterness still in you. There was a, a superficial repentance. He'd gone through the waters of baptism as well. But there was, no, there was no dealing with that bitterness. And, and thankfully, again, the psalmist is open. He said, I became envious. That envy took a root, and I became bitter. So I, I was senseless. I could make no good choices, clear choices. I was like a brute beast. Thankfully, bless the Lord. He, he just dropped them, but he goes back again. Verse 23 to the uh, cure. Bless the Lord. What was the cure? Uh, verse 23, uh, but... Nevertheless, yet, I'm always with you, presence of the Lord. You uphold me with your right hand, the power of the Lord. You guide me in your counsel. The uh, purposes, the plans, the pointing of the Lord. And what did he say? And afterwards, you take me into glory, the permanence and the great prospect we have. Oh, see, he's throw, but he's coming back. He's always coming back to the cure. The cure is what? In the presence of the Lord. Because when we get in the presence, we see with great clear perspective the presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord, the plan, the purposes of God has for us, and ultimately the permanence of what we have in him. Psalm 16, verse 7 to 9. I bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the right and the next seasons. I've set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices, the flesh also will rest in him. Yes, Lord, I'm continually with thee. That's what it says in this. And then in Psalm 16, he said, I will continually look to you. I will continually set you before me. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. So he's, he's declaring, now he's going into the conclusion. He's getting um, 
caught up with the Lord now. He's, he's, he's saying, Lord, here I am. Whom do I have in heaven but you? And whom do I have on earth besides you? He's now, he's, he's caught up with the Lord again. Jesus is his first love. We talked about that. He's his first There's nothing on this world that I can desire but you, Lord. Now, some days we like that, don't we? But then other days, dear me, the other things crop up. And, 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 but he's got caught up with the Lord. Ooh, Lord, there's no one like you in heaven and, and on earth. I have great things. I'm blessed I am on earth. But there's no one that compare to you. He said, yes, I will get despondent. Sometimes my heart and my flesh will fail. But remember, when we become despondent, the only sin is to stay there in our unbelief. Isn't it? Not a sin to be despondent. Of course it isn't. That's not, because lots of things crop in. The, the sin is when we allow unbelief to come in, our doubts to take over, to become disbelief instead of our doubts, and we dig and discover what God has done and what God is doing. And uh, he, he said, I'm despondent, but Lord, here's the answer. God is my strength. God is my portion forever. God is my portion forever. And then in verse 27, and uh, he, he just uh, brings an opposites, opposites, and then the results of the opposite of not doing what he's saying. Uh, those who are, uh, those who wander, those who are going away from the Lord, what they will lose themselves. Those who wander off, those who are remote, will lose themselves, and they will perish. Those caught up in idolatry, spiritual adultery, of course, from you, will be cut off. But as for me, he said, no, this is what I could have been. But this is me now. This is me now because, again, he, he got into the cure of the complaint in the cause. But as for me, it is good for me to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. God is his relationship, there's trust. And there's also, I will tell of all his deeds. There's a declaration. See, the power of praise and the power of declaration is awesome. Um, that's why we need to be uh, praise every day. If you speak in, you got to speak in tongues every day. Exercise that which God has given you. The power of our tongues to praise the Lord, to tell of all His deeds. Philippians three. Second, I am. What things were gained to me, those I count the loss of Christ. I gain doubtless, I count all things for loss of the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord. Whom I have suffered the loss of all things, to be counted with them that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know him, and that the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, be made comfortable unto his death, if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. Ah, Paul. Beautiful, beautiful. That which I had, I now count as rubbish to know Christ. And uh, the devil would whisper and lie and cheat and deceive us to, to not believe that. Um, but he said, I'll be caught up with you, Lord. All I want to do is to know you, to know you. The more we know, the more we long to know. And thankfully, the psalmist is open and honest with us tonight. For some people who are just about to give up or to drift away and to move away from the Lord... That's why the word of God is so vital. And the Psalms are so wonderful because these men are just open and honest with us. 
but they also give us the antidote and they always give us the cure he said the cute lord until i went to the house and began to see clearly he began to see eternally even though i'm feeble and frail and get despondent lord i know you are the strength of my heart i come to you i get into your presence and receive your power oh lord it's good to be near you ah thankfully that was his conclusion after all his uh his cogitations and uh, that could have taken him away from the lord and he was honest about that and um i see there's nothing wrong with questions just go to the lord for the answers and he will certainly give us the answers dwell on if you if you rely upon yourself for the answers that's where we go wrong that's where we get come disbelief and drift away god loves us to dig and discover in his word and we, when we do we become more we become more stable in him that's why he says that's why he starts surely god is good and uh, to those who poon out and he finishes up by saying how good god is and lord i will tell of your deeds i will tell i will be honest i will bless you there was his complaint ah lord what's happening why why are you not doing what i think you should be doing there's his problem isn't it <laughs> why are you not or, or sometimes why are you not doing what your word says or what we think your word says sometimes but remember the mercy of god isn't it see it doesn't matter if they if they have their comeuppance this side of eternity we know um i was just reading about a um a judge and he was talking to uh, the, the prisoner the, the guy who was up before him and he got off with a technicality he said, he said, yes, you got off with the technicality, my son. He said, but one day you'll stand before a judge where the technicality won't mean, mean anything, he said. He'll see it, he'll know it, and he'll judge you according to the, to the word, to, to his law. And so it doesn't matter uh, if they have the whole of the world. You know what? It so, goes so quickly, but then eternity. That's why he said, Lord, I understand their end. And now, Lord, help us to, to get caught up with him. Amen. Bless you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.